This podcast is for PR pros who are looking to discover the best strategies for landing their dream retainer clients and scoring them top tier media coverage. I'm your host, Jen Burson, and I want you to have a fulfilling career in PR that totally lights you up without sacrificing your personal or family time or your sanity. Welcome to the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. I'm Jen Burson. I am the founder of Generation PR, which is a PR social media marketing agency here in Los Angeles. And we specialize in promoting baby and kids brand, beauty and cosmetics brands, health and wellness brands. And I'm also the founder of Profitable PR Pros. So completely free group. And it is 2,500 PR professionals all over the world, supporting each other, um, helping each other through challenges with clients. That's what we're gonna talk about today. And, um, you know, we're also supporting PR pros with an entire suite of programs to help you become a pitching powerhouse and, you know, convert your pitches for clients to press features and then launch, grow, and scale a profitable PR agency all on your terms. And today's question came from a really good thread on our Facebook group, um, inside the Profitable PR Pros Facebook group. It was all about what happens when you're pitching a client, you've been talking to them for months, you've outlined your PR services, but there's constant delays. Like some manager is sick and they need their sign off, they want to assess the deliverables, they want to have another call, they ask for more detail with your proposal. Um, they just seem to be dragging things out over and over again. I have to tell you, nothing annoys me more than a client who is, or a prospective client who's kind of disrespectful of your time and makes you feel like you're just kind of at their beck and call. Um, you know, it's, it's really annoying to me because it's like, listen, that sets the tone for the entire relationship. Um, anyway, so we had a lot of advice from the community and I want to share, um, everybody's advice and then I'll weigh in on my own. Nelson said they will be the client from hell when you need to schedule interviews with the media for them. So my advice is to drop them and move on and find other clients. Um, very good advice. You know, uh, we had some other perspectives. Tony Boylan said that can be frustrating, but be patient. This was interesting. He said, think about the many times that you've gone back and forth over a purchase. If it's clothes or a new car or anything, it's normal for us to waver on big decisions. And there really isn't a good way to force prospective clients to speed up. Giving them any sort of ultimatum will just make them shut down and either search elsewhere or cancel plans for PR altogether. And he said, just write it out and be helpful. Nobody likes to have their time wasted, but nobody likes to be rushed into a purchase decision either. And I really like Tony's advice there because it puts you in their position and it's an empathetic way to look at it. Like it's a hard decision. It's a lot of money. It's, um, you know, we've hemmed and hawed over decisions in our lives as well. And there might be something causing them to pump the brakes a little bit and just be empathetic and sit in their shoes a little bit and be helpful. That's always my approach really to anything during the client discovery period to a point, um, you know, be, be helpful. 
and I hope I'm going to say this right. Um, I practiced it, but let's see. Oluwafemi said, be extra patient with them, especially if this is their first venture into PR. Remember what you're offering is intangible. That's really great, like mindset repositioning. While waiting, reiterate the value proposition of your service by referencing recent case study that the client can relate to. That's awesome advice. For us, we know the value of what we provide. PR in our eyes is very clear, and I've said this over and over again um, to our members and to this community. It's not always clear to clients what it is that we do. It's like this big mystery, and it is intangible. And a lot of times we're asking them to pay us, and it will all the time, you should be asking them to pay you in advance of service, but we're asking them to not always see the exact ROI on things, being able to show features, but not always say what that resulted in. That's hard for some clients, especially when they're very metrics driven and they want they have the, these KPIs and they want you to like show certain tangibles. So I really like that. Reiterate the value proposition of your service by referencing a recent case study. So that's showing them like this could be you. Look what we recently did. This was the client's challenge. This was our approach. Here's the results that we got. Um, Natalia Cruz Ortiz said, I would just ignore them and keep following up on others and keep prospecting. If someone isn't responding, they're not interested. Um, Crystal Willis said, to motivate potential clients, I'll usually email them and let them know that the retainer offer is good until a certain date and my rates and bandwidth are subject to change if other clients enroll. Deadlines and scarcity create urgency. That is true. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more because um, I share my advice here. Um, Miranda, my amazing integrator who has a ton of experience booking clients said, send them an email with the rates like Crystal mentioned and then wash your hands of it. If they book, they book. If not, move on to other prospects in the meantime. So I like a lot of this advice and I say, trust your gut and what feels right. And not every client will be hemming and hawing over the same reasons. Um, there's a lot of different reasons and it's not always the reason they give you. Um, there, you know, you have to kind of listen and pick up on the, on the clues. Um, there's outside factors. You don't, you know, you're, you're not always listening to the key decision maker. There's other factors outside of their control, like the launch date is delayed because of production issues. It's not always that they don't want to work with you. It's not always the price. It's not always you or they're talking to another agency. Sometimes they're bad at communicating what's really happening. Um, but here's what we put together in terms of our advice and taking everything the community offered and kind of summing it up into something that you can take away. So. I do feel like it's a red flag when a prospective client takes forever to book services. Um, sometimes there's budget issues or it's a bigger company. Sometimes that's the challenge with us is like a large company has a lot of different hurdles. Like there's a lot of decision makers. There's a bunch of different people. They have to run it up the flagpole. And in that instance, it's probably the same when you're going to be working together because there's going to be a lot of people weighing in. And so for us, I like think of it like steering a cruise ship. The bigger the company, the harder it is to maneuver. And we're nimble. We want to move fast. We want to be like a speedboat. We need to just have autonomy. We need to go. 
And if they're having a hard time getting approvals from all the various parties, imagine when you have certain things that you need to work very quickly on a short timeline, you know, because you want to meet an editor's timeline, you want to meet a journalist's deadline. So it's very challenging to work quickly with a big company. Big companies sometimes will have autonomy in their individual dis divisions and they'll be able to get you an answer quickly. And then you're like, this is awesome because they have big budgets, but they're also going to help you move quickly. And sometimes they'll come after an agency like yours because you can move quickly and they don't know how to really do that on their own. But it is challenging when you see in this approvals phase that they're like stalling, there's deadlines, there's a lot of key decision makers. That's a challenge for me. And I get nervous about the type of company or client um, who has a ton of approvals or they're demanding things like immediately in this process, like I need this proposal right now. And then they lag. So they're telling you, please hurry, please get us this proposal. We need it right away. We're considering all of these things, um, you know, in the next week and we need it, you know, right now. And then you don't hear from them. That to me feels like a red flag. And that happens a lot with big companies. They think everyone's at their beck and call. It's like this hurry up and wait forever back and forth game. And it's frustrating to me. Um, so for me, that's a bit of a red flag. And then if it's not a big company and there's this kind of delay and they're not booking services, this is also a huge red flag and you need to just step away because if they're ghosting you right now, they may ghost you for payment. That happens a lot. Um, and you definitely don't want to put yourself in that situation where you say to yourself like, We've done everything we're supposed to do. I was waiting on this company for the proposal. They finally signed my agreement and now I'm waiting on them for payment. It's kind of like a pattern of behavior. They don't see that your time is valuable. They don't respect your time. They don't respect the value of the service that you're providing. And sometimes when they hem and haw over the decision, is that a thing people say anymore, hem and haw? I say it, it makes me probably sound like an old lady, but it's the right thing to say here. They just drag. They don't really see that your time is as valuable as you know that it is. Um, they're not respectful of your time. So they're going to be hard to work with because they don't always respect those boundaries or they don't appreciate the value of the services that you're offering to them right from the start. So in those instances, I feel it's likely not worth your time to even pursue these types of delayed response clients because they always lead to bigger headaches long term. And you can always pin it back to that courting period. Um, I am going to give you four tips for booking clients that are struggling to make a decision. OK, so here are four tips. It's a kind of boiling down of everybody's advice and an approach that you can use so that you don't get stuck in this endless loop because it does not feel good. So number one, be patient. So that's just a thing you got to do with all of this. I know we're like raring to go and we want to hit the ground running once we send a proposal. But after you send a proposal, you realize that the client has a lot to think about, especially if they've never invested in PR before. So this kind of takes us back to Tony's 
um, position, which is kind of put yourself in their shoes. And Olawafemi, who kind of said the same thing. It's like, be patient. You're offering something intangible, especially if it's new to them. Um, it's challenging for them to, you know, see that intangible, especially if they don't really know what PR is. So we don't want to pressure clients. I don't love pressuring clients. Um, I think it sets the wrong tone when you just start out. Um, so I want you to give your client ample time and opportunity to read the proposal and discuss with their team as needed. And of course, you're going to follow up. That's number two. So follow up. Once you've waited an appropriate amount of time, maybe it's like three to five business days at a minimum, you can make a follow-up call or send an email, probably the way that you've been communicating with them. And sometimes clients see the proposal, but they move on to other things without reading it and then they forget to finish it later. That definitely happens. Um, so you're kind of nudging them. It's like a friendly follow-up to get them back to thinking about your proposal. So follow-up you're kind of keeping the door open, you're keeping the foot, your foot in the door. And then give a time frame for responding to your proposal so it's not indefinite. So then you can say with a deadline on a quote or a retainer amount, so they're more likely to take action now. So you can put that in the proposal. Number three, I like this one a lot. So it's like consider offering them some more details. So if you haven't heard back at this point, send another follow-up to see if they have any unanswered questions that you can help with. And if they say no, you know they've likely, probably, possibly, let's say possibly already disqualified your proposal and just thank them for their time and move on. Um, if the prospect is willing to engage in a conversation about your proposal, you're still in the running. A potential client who agrees to keep the lines of communication open has obviously seen something they can appreciate of, about your proposal and they're considering it. It could be that they're in discussion with another agency, maybe they're negotiating rate or negotiating some other factor, but they don't want to let you go at this point. Um, see what you can do to kind of like keep the heartbeat alive there. The best question to ask is, are there any questions or concerns relating to the proposal that I can help you with? And then that gives them the opportunity to learn about any, gives you the opportunity to learn um, about any possible objectives and how to overcome them. And if there's a, a problem, the client will let you know. If there's a, concer a concern, you can still take the bid just by um, clarifying the issue for your prospect. So you never know until you ask. You can kind of figure out, is this gonna be loud, the gardener? I don't know what that is. Um, you can still figure out what is the holdup. If it's some service that you're not offering, maybe ask them how, like what the goal is that they're looking for, what their objectives are, and how what you're going to provide to them actually does meet those objectives, or how you would start here and then you could grow into that service, but it's not essential yet to move into that other thing because you need to have this foundation laid first. Something like that, where you might be able to overcome it because they're looking for something, but you can reframe them to show that what you're offering them actually does meet that objective. Um, so number three was, you know, offer more details. Um, the other thing that I do at this phase is 
if they gave you a time that they're looking to get started and that is upcoming or it's like here and past, these are resources that you're tying up. I mean, if we told them we can meet your timeline and they're still not coming to the table, I let them know, you know, we're, we have people dedicated to this and we're here for you and we're ready to get started. So I kind of, I just want an answer either way. Like if it's a no, then tell me we're tying up, not tying up cause that's negative, but we have resources allocated to provide you service immediately, like based on the timeline we discussed. And it would be helpful to know if your timeline is delayed because then I don't have to tie up my team and then also we get an answer. So we know actually what WTF is happening here. Like what are they actually doing? And number four, this is where every single thing that I do is being gracious. Um, being gracious, being kind, not taking it personally because they're gonna go off into the world. They're gonna talk about their experience with you. If you kind of lash out because you're mad and you take it personally, that is not gonna set you up in the long term for a good relationship. And you also don't know why they're delaying. So if they're unresponsive, even if that's the case, be gracious. So no matter the outcome of the dialogue you start with your prospects after they read the business proposal, always extend courtesy and gratitude. Even if the proposal ends when they choose to do business with your most intense competitor, end your back and forth discovery process on a high note with a really sincere thanks. Because what this shows is that you have grace under pressure and it preserves your reputation as a stellar PR pro. Like you are a professional and they'll remember that. And you can earn their business or even their recommendation down the road. You're gonna preserve your reputation as a stellar PR pro. You are just the consummate professional. Um, you know, it's all about image and reputation. That's part of what we want to have out there for our clients. So we have to demonstrate the same for ourselves. So yeah, that's how I would approach it. And this is always the challenge is getting clients to actually take action. Um, you know, it's annoying when they string you along. Sometimes you just have to move on. And what I always try to remember is that there is something better for me out there. Something that is a better fit, something that is gonna be, um, you know, that I'm more passionate about, that's gonna light me up, that's gonna make me feel appreciated and clients that are going to actually be responsive and pay their bills on time and that I'm not going to have to struggle and fight at all turns. It doesn't have to be that hard. And when clients show you who they are in the discovery process, believe them, pay attention to it. The signs are always there.